Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Welcome to the final week of our walk through the New Testament book of Philippians. I hope in our time frame and in our process that you have a new appreciation for this book. I hope that's true for you. And I hope that you have new insights in how to live out the story of Jesus, which has been the great theme of our time together, just thinking about how all of us in our own unique ways can truly live out the story of Jesus. Philippians, it's a great book. It really is. And today we want to wrap up this theme by looking at chapter 4 which is broken into two sections. The first section of chapter four continues the theme of challenging us all to live out the story of Jesus, and we'll read about that in just a moment. The second part of the chapter is where Paul, the author, gets warm and personal, and he begins to encourage the Philippians. And I think in reading this, we will also find encouragement for all of us as well. So, here's what I want to do today. I want to share a big idea that will frame our entire conversation, and then I want to look at these two parts, and we'll read all of chapter 4 today, so be sure that you have your Bible ready or your device right there so you can follow along as we read all of this chapter, and these two parts, first part, encouragement to live out the story of Jesus, and second part, some personal encouragement from Paul, and then... Then we're going to conclude all of this with some pictures. I have some pictures that I want to share with you. So big idea, we'll read through chapter 4 and then conclude with some pictures. Here's our big idea. So please take some good notes and fill in these blanks. Here we go. Staying true to the Lord. And that's what we read right away in verse 1 of chapter 4. Staying true to the Lord helps me live out the story of Jesus. True to the Lord. This is a great phrase, an interesting phrase. What does it actually mean, and how do we do that? Staying true to the Lord. What does it mean, and how do we actually implement that? Well, this is the information that we find in the text. Here's Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. It says this, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. So there's our phrase. Stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown that I receive for my work. That phrase, stay true, means to stand or to stand firm, or to continue to be. So when we think about what does that actually mean to stay true to the Lord, it really has the idea of standing, and standing firm, and continuing to be in the Lord, and this is one of the great ways that we live out the story of Jesus. So that's the what Now, what's very interesting to me is that phrase, stay true, provides a great flow of thought for us now. 
with the rest of chapter four. It's fascinating because what Paul does here is he lets the Philippians know, here's how you can stand or stand firm or continue to be. Here's how you can stay true to the Lord. So here's how. Are you ready for this? By the way, have you ever wondered about how to actually do that? Have you ever wondered, how do I stand firm? How do I stay connected to God? How can I be very close to him? In good times and in bad times and everything in between, how does this actually happen? Well, in chapter 4, Paul actually helps us to understand the how part. So I want to roll out for you five stay true statements, okay? And I would encourage you to write these down and review them throughout your week because they're really helpful. Here's how we can stay connected and stay close to God. Here's how we can stay true to him. It's all outlined for us in Philippians chapter four. Here's stay true statement number one. Settle disagreements. How about that? Settle disagreements. Here's what verse two says. Now I, Paul, he's the author, the writer of this letter to God's holy people living in the city of Philippi. Now I appeal to Euodia and Syntyche, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Okay, Euodia and Syntyche, two women in this particular church who had a disagreement. They weren't getting along for whatever reason. What's interesting to me is that the text doesn't give us any information at all about the disagreement. We don't know their issue. We don't know their problem. We just know that they were disagreeing about something. What we do know about them, based on what Paul tells us here, is that they love Jesus. And that's clear in the text. These two ladies, they loved Jesus and They were also individuals who helped spread the good news. The good news about Jesus, his life and death and resurrection. They were involved in sharing that story. So Euodia and Syntyche, they loved Jesus and they were part of helping to spread the good news about Christ and his life, but they had a disagreement, which just helps us to know that people who love Jesus and are involved in sharing his good news, can sometimes disagree. That actually happens. Paul's encouragement to them, though, is settle it. Okay? You too. Settle this disagreement. The word settle means to have understanding. So the picture we get here from the language presented is that these two ladies probably didn't understand each other for whatever reason, and so Paul is encouraging them, get together and settle this, understand each other, and move toward living in peace so that you can stay true 
stand, stand firm, and continue to be as you live out the story of Jesus. That's what Paul wanted for them, and I think that's what Paul wants for all of us as well. So the first stay true statement, settle disagreements. Here's stay true number two, and that is joy. Be full of it, (laughs) okay? Joy, be full of it. That's what verse four tells us. Always be full of joy in the Lord. And I think Paul says, this is so important, I'm gonna repeat it one more time. I say it again, rejoice. Joy, joy, be full of it. I think right now we as a church have an amazing opportunity to be full of joy in all of our interactions and in all of our responses to everything that is happening in our world and in our communities. We have the opportunity to bring joy and that's what Paul stresses here. Always be full of joy in the Lord. It's so important, I'm gonna repeat it I say it again, rejoice, and I think the picture here is to choose joy, because sometimes we may have stressful circumstances around us, and we may all be feeling that right now. The challenge here is to choose joy, be full of it, and in doing this, we stay true. Here's stay two, number three. Be considerate of everyone. Be considerate of everyone. Verse 5 says this, Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Be considerate. Now, I think this one is tough. (laughs) This is a challenge. Because you see that word considerate? Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. That word considerate means to be gentle, to be kind, to be equitable, to be yielding. You. Go ahead and take that. You have that roll of toilet paper. You take that loaf of bread. It's the idea of yielding and giving up to others, and this is a really hard thing to do, but yet it's what Paul encourages here. And he says, let everyone see this. Let everyone see that you are gentle and kind and equitable and yielding and others first. These stay true statements are becoming annoying, aren't they? It gets worse. Here's stay true number four. Replace worry with prayer and thankfulness. We can't leave that part out. Replace worry with prayer and thankfulness. Here's verse six. And again, I want you just to consider, this was written a long time ago, but so needed for what we're thinking about and what we're walking through today. So please hear the word of the Lord. Don't worry about anything. Don't do that. Replace it with this. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. 
His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I really think, and I would submit to you, that verses 6 through 8 in Philippians chapter 4 are some of the most underrated verses in all of Scripture. And here's why. We're all looking for peace, aren't we? To some extent, to some level, I think we're all looking for peace. Peace about money, peace about jobs, peace about our health. Peace, that feeling of being settled. We're all looking for that peace about this choice or peace about that choice. And Paul says here that peace actually comes through prayer plus thanksgiving. Peace comes through prayer and thanksgiving. They are both needed. I think Paul further posits that if we don't pray, if we neglect that or forget about it or we're too busy to actually pray, and we don't have thankfulness attached to that. So if we don't pray and if we're not thankful, then we will miss out on peace entirely. And this is something that we can have. This is something that all of us can enjoy, but it comes when we pray and when we are thankful. Fascinating, right? Like, I think this is really interesting. Now, here's how I tend to approach this particular passage. Here's what I tend to do, and maybe you feel the same way. Verse 6, don't worry about anything. Guilty of that, (laughs) that's me. I worry about a lot of stuff. I worry about a lot of things. I'm even thinking about this week and everything that has occurred in the world and in our communities, in our own lives, and worrying about what's the best thing to do. None of these decisions come easily, and there's a lot of worry attached to that. So I feel I violate this all of the time. Scripture tells us don't worry about anything. Guilty, I do that. I love Scripture, though, because it doesn't just leave it hanging there. Like, if that's all it said, then we would feel pretty guilty and ashamed, but it actually tells us, all right, put this off or put this to the side a little bit and here's what you can add to that. Don't worry. Instead, put on this. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Well, God's interested in hearing about what I need. He really is. So pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then do this. Thankfulness. Gratitude, thank God for all that he has done. So the emphasis here in this stay true statement is prayer plus thanksgiving. They are both needed. And when we step into that kind of life, well, I believe we will have peace. Okay, one more stay true statement. Number five, fix your thoughts on things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Verse 8 says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right 
and pure and lovely and admirable. It's quite a list. Fix your thoughts on those things. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Straight from the Apostle Paul, here's how we stay true, how we stand, how we stand firm, how we continue to be as we all seek to live out the story of Jesus. Honestly, I think for all of us, it would be really good if we took these five stay true statements and put them somewhere as a reminder for how we can indeed stay true to the Lord and faithfully live out the story of Jesus. It's also something that reminds us of what matters. These five statements, they matter. Settle disagreements, joy, be full of it and and choose it. Be considerate, replace worry with prayer and thanksgiving, and then fix your thoughts on things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, that's the first part of chapter four. I think Paul may have been thinking here as he wrote this letter, I need to wrap it up. I'm in prison. Maybe he was uncomfortable and he wanted to move on. I'm not exactly sure. But what he does next in the second part is that he begins to really thank the Philippians for their encouragement, for their kindness, for their compassion. He's grateful for them. And he begins to lift them up as individuals who really are living out the story of Jesus. So I'm going to read through the rest of this chapter and just listen for how Paul encourages here. Verse 10, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. What a statement. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Verse 20. Now, all glory to God, our Father, forever and ever. Amen. 
Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you their greetings, and all the rest of God's holy people send you greetings to, especially those in Caesar's household. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Paul basically concludes with encouragement in how so many people in this church were living out the story of Jesus by being generous to Paul, by having concern for him and with their basic kindness and he's encouraging them. He's lifting them up and saying, thank you. You're doing a great job. Keep staying true. Keep staying true. So here's what I thought we could do to wrap up today and this whole theme of walking through the book of Philippians and thinking about having an unusual view of life. Instead of takeaways, I want to share some pictures with you. And these are pictures of people who I see here at Valley Point and in their own unique ways and even their imperfect ways. I really think they're living out the story of Jesus and it's beautiful and I want to share a little bit of them with you so that you can be encouraged. Let me just say this before we start looking at these different individuals. I really am incredibly proud of our church and what we have walked through this past week. And I think many of you right now are living out the story of Jesus. Your encouragement, your affirmation of some of the choices that have been made, your joy in the midst of a difficult time, and your willingness to reach out and help other people. And so many of you are contacting me and asking about that. It's amazing. It's incredible. So many of you being bright lights right now, and I'm grateful for that. Keep it up. I do want to talk to you about these special individuals, though. Mike Rooney. Mike Rooney has become a good friend, and here's what you need to know about Mike. Just a few weeks ago, he lost his wife. She passed after a long battle with cancer. And I remember talking to Mike after receiving that news about Michelle, and so many of you knew Michelle. She was an instrumental and vibrant part of our faith community here. And when I talked to Mike, I was just amazed, just amazed at his strength and his love for Christ in the midst of the hardest thing that he's ever faced. And here's what he shared with me. He said, Michelle was someone who inspired my faith and encouraged me. And right now, I know that she would want for me to be looking to Jesus. And so that's what I'm doing right now. Eyes on Christ. Eyes on Christ. Eyes on Christ. And it's amazing. Mike, he's living out the story of Jesus and God is using him. Here's my friend Betty Millar. Betty's just a joy in our church. And here's what you need to know about her. For the past 17 years, 17 years, Betty has been serving our youngest attenders. She's been serving our elementary age kids. 
just about every single Sunday. If you have had a child grow up in our church, or if you have a child here now, Betty has probably impacted their life in some way. She's helping our kids see Jesus. She's loving them, and I know they bring a lot of joy to her, and she certainly brings a lot of joy to them. She is absolutely someone living out the story of Jesus. Here's my friend Michael Kennedy. Michael's been coming to Valley Point for a little bit now, and I know he brings joy into my life, and as many of you are getting to know him, he's bringing joy into your lives as well. Michael's been fighting for sobriety, and he's winning. He's winning. And in the process, his eyes are on Christ, and he's looking up, and he's finding ways to share his story with other people. And he's inspiring many and helping others make some great choices in life as well. Michael, he's being a bright light and he's living out the story of Jesus. Here's my friend George Clark. I think George is one of the greatest servants here at Valley Point Church because you can see that he has his parking vest on He leads our parking team, and he actually wanted to do that. Can you imagine? He wanted to stand outside in the rain and in the cold and in the snow, although we really didn't have any of that this year, and hopefully we won't. He's willing, though, to be out there in that. He is a great servant to make sure that we have order in our parking lot, and he is helping many people. He's helping many people. Find a parking spot and come into this church where they can hear about Christ. He is living out the story of Jesus by serving in this way, and I'm so grateful for that. Here's my friend, Lily Walker. Lily is a 15-year-old freshman. She lives in Havertown. And here's what you need to know about Lily. Lily's battling cancer right now, and she's in a tough fight, and it's something that is very difficult for her, certainly, and difficult for her family as well. But here's what I know about Lily, and she's been coming to Valley Point now. The first time I met her, knowing this about her life and knowing what she's battling right now, the incredible joy that just flowed from her beautiful smile through her eyes and through her concern for others. The first time I met her, I said, you're Lily, aren't you? She said, yeah, that's me. And I said, I know a little bit about your story and I want you to know that you are inspiring many. And she looked at me and said, I think I need to give you a hug. <laughs> and I said, okay. And she gave me a hug, and we talked, and I was amazed, just amazed, in the midst of something that I can't imagine walking through myself, that at 15 years of age, her maturity and her interest in other people is making a difference, and she loves Jesus. She's being a bright light. She really is. As a matter of fact, if you drive through 
Havertown, you'll notice that there are all kinds of houses lit up with green lights. And that's symbolic of their prayers and their support for Lily and for a few others in that community who are battling cancer. She's being a bright light. She really is. And she's living out the story of Jesus. One final person to share with you, and that's Matthew Cummings. Matthew's my friend. He's a great guy. He's 20 years old now. And he's living out the story of Jesus. And here's how he's doing that. You know the connection cards that we fill out every Sunday that you didn't have to fill out today? But we fill them out every week. Have you ever wondered what happens with all of those connection cards? Where do they go? Well, Matthew actually comes to the church a couple of times a week. He works here. And one of the things that he does is he shreds the extra connection cards. And that's his job. He takes care of them for us. And in doing that, it's possible for us to not have to hang on to too many of those, and we wouldn't want to do that anyway. He's really fulfilling a great role. Here's something else that Matthew has done in his time frame here. If you were a part of our Christmas Eve gatherings, you know that at some point we light candles. And that's always a great moment where the room is filled with light and it's warm. And it's a a beautiful picture of just thinking about that silent night in Christ's birth. Well, Matthew, here's what he did. Just about every single one of those candles were put together by him. And then when Christmas is over, he takes them apart. We clean them, and then he'll start the process of putting them back together again this year. He, Matthew, is helping us respond to the greatness of God as a church. And in doing that, we and Matthew is being a bright light. And he's living out the story of Jesus. These are all amazing individuals who are doing their best to be bright lights. It's our turn now. It's our turn. The big idea states staying true to the Lord helps me live out the story of Jesus. Staying true to the Lord. It's our turn and our time to do that now. And I want to ask that you take what we have thought about here in this great New Testament book of living out the story of Jesus and staying true to the Lord. And let's act like these different individuals who in their own unique ways with some of the things that they are suffering through and some of the victories that they are experiencing as well in all of that, they are shining brightly for Jesus. It's our turn to do that. And it's our time. If you're comfortable wherever you may be, and if you're able, I would encourage you just to hold out your hands in front of you now to receive this blessing. 
It comes from our church-wide life verses. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. So receive this blessing. You are the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. May God now give us the opportunity as we encounter unusual circumstances and unique days, but also profound opportunities to share Christ. May God give us opportunities to truly be the light of the world. Father, we come before you thankful for time just to worship and to do that online but yet to do that together as a faith community Father we thank you for the beautiful words found in chapter 4 Paul just encouraging us keep living out the story of Jesus We've talked about some amazing individuals here at Valley Point who are doing that as well as people did back in the church there at Philippi. May they encourage and inspire us because we all have a responsibility to do this. Help us to be bright lights. Help us to stay true. God, help us to use these five statements. Help us to place them somewhere where we can review them and think about them and live them in the weeks to come. We ask for this now. And we pray for this. In the name of Jesus, our rescuer, our healer, and our leader. It's in his name that we do pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.